Aloha, and welcome to another Candid Conversation. Today, our guest is Dale Hanna. Dale has contributed to blogs to us relative to technology, and Dale and I have known each other 10 to 15 years in different ventures. Um, I think you're going to find this man of, of interest to us in a wide variety of areas. Dale, good to see you this afternoon. Thank you, Ron. So good to see you, too. How about you help us a little bit and give the audience a bit of your background, how, how you got to where you are now? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I come from ERP background, and um, I noticed that people need information to use. This is many years ago, and we, we started a business intelligence company that's Foresight Intelligence. And one of our first customers uh, was, was John Deere. So we got a chance to get into the equipment business and working with dealers. So we've been focusing on, among many, many things, uh, dealer KPIs for every areas of their operation about 12, 13 years ago, since 12, 13 years ago. And it's been uh, wonderful, wonderful to have a chance to work in this industry. Um, wonderful people all around. It's, it's an amazing group, isn't it? Absolutely. The best people I ever met. So Foresight Intelligence, you're, you're leading the way with Foresight, and you're using intelligence to help dealers. KPIs, key performance indicators, are, are really important. Absolutely. Do you find dealers receptive to managing their business to KPIs, or are they struggling with that? Um, I think they want to, and a lot of them do. And I think it's becoming more and more uh, widespread uh, as part of the way to manage dealer business, especially because dealers are getting so big. And when you have two two stores or three stores, the the principal pretty much remembers everything. But when you get to twelve stores, you just can't do it anymore. And we get five hundred employees, and you can't keep track of everybody anymore. It's it's uh, I've I've noticed that in many areas as dealers have consolidated over the last 50 years in Canada, for instance, there used to be 10 Caterpillar dealers. Now there's two. Absolutely. I don't know how many John Deere dealers there used to be, but now there's one. Exactly. And it's, it, um, the, the Caterpillar dealers that I work with, there's half a dozen of them that are a billion dollars and more. And, and, and you're right. The management structure, size, culture, all of that is changing, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, of course, uh, we're also dealing with unprecedented labor shortage, supply chain problems. Yes, so they pretty much have to change, right? There's no way to, to manage it the same way. Um, we, we also see the new generations come in and that's pushing the adoption of technology a lot faster. Uh, so, so it's amazing to watch. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice for for you and your business. It's a perfect time, isn't it? Yeah, we 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 have been um, 
from what we can see, very helpful to this industry, which we're very, very grateful and delighted. Well, you know, you wrote a blog that we put up, I think, a week or so ago on the quiet revolution. And you 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 touched on a, a number, four or five different subjects, but just from a very high level, we have telematics today. We have sensors yes. and components today. We yes. can communicate via text instead of just phone. Text yes. seems to be able to get us anywhere. The mobile phone is not quite as reliable, but we have all manner of technology coming at us. And I don't know that we've really changed much in the way of our processes. Do, can you see processes changed or are we just speeding things up? In some places, we're speeding things up. And um, I think process change, as you're talking about, is going to be extremely important. Um, I was talking to a senior leadership at a dealer. And he basically said the brand differentiation from pure hardware standpoint is becoming more and more difficult. So the future is about customer experience. It, it's not about I necessarily have one more feature than you do. And that, that could happen. But the differentiation is not you know, wide, widespread. And you see that in the car industry as well, right? Uh, that's what Mercedes-Benz sort of talked about. They used to have such a lead in so many things, but now the lesser uh, luxurious brand, let's just say, uh, can do pretty much everything they have at a fraction of the price, right? So you still have that the luxury factor, but in terms of pure functionality, yeah, it'll get you there. 100,000 mile warranty, not a problem. And I think, you know, as as some of the some of the new players come into play in a manufacturing space, um, a lot of them from China pushing into the market and their functionality, you know, they, they, they got basic functionality that's going to work. It's going to move dirt. Um, so the differentiation really is how, how customer experience the dealership. And, and taking that a little bit further, Don Fights was the chairman of Caterpillar back in the 80s. And on his final tour to all the dealerships, he made the statement to the dealers, you're not going to make any money on equipment anymore. If you look at it from a net-net perspective, it's, it's a zero-profit game. You're going to have to make your money on parts, on service, on rental, and on financial instruments. And that that's is really very true. That's really true, isn't it? That is really true. That is so true. Yes. yes. And going forward, what you said, it's the customer experience. A lot of people can supply parts. A lot of people can supply a labor hour. A lot of people can rent machines. A lot of people can get banking. But that customer experience, that's a different deal. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, I think that if you, if you look across all industries, um, you know, the companies that, that are winning provides, in general, um, some of the best customer services in the industry, right? So Starbucks is, is about a lot about customer service and coffee per se. I mean, coffee is great, but that, that's highly duplicable. Um, Southwest Airlines talked about that as well. And everybody have us, whatever, aluminum tube <laughs> flying around. But what you can't copy is our culture, 
how we treat our customers, how we behave. Yeah. And yeah. and that's hard to teach. It, uh, either that's hard to teach. Yeah. You're, you're a caring people person or you're not. Yes. Um, there are some, some parts that can, can be automated. Um, so one, one of the things I am learning, you are absolutely right, Ram. Those are very hard to teach. And um, I, I, I continue to believe that. But one thing, um, I, I'm sure you know Chris Voss, the, the FBI negotiator. One thing he said was interesting, you know, uh, in hostage negotiator, he was the lead hostage negotiator around the world. In hostage negotiation, one of the most important things is trust. But trust can be formalized to a degree, right? So sometimes you meet somebody you just trust. Sometimes it takes a while, but you can formalize some stuff in a business context or hostage context that almost guarantees success for that transaction, for that experience. That's predictability, right? So technology could help you provide that without additional uh, manpower, which is in such short supply. Um, so, so those are the stuff we're looking at, right? How do you automatically make sure customer knows what you're doing, where you are, uh, you know, they can check any time and that predictability give customer the comfort that, okay, that's a good experience. And, and to take it a little bit further with the use of technology, we can deliver consistency. You are so right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. I used to I used to tease people in the customer service business. You know, don't confuse your customer. Don't be great one day and the pits the next. Be the same. Yes. And you're not allowed to get mad. You're not allowed Correct. to have emotion. When you pick up the phone. It's a great day. How are you, Mr. Rogers? Absolutely. It doesn't matter what the day's been like, you know. It's it's and, and but that's hard to do. The parts business, the phone rings off the hook, people's heads going straight back. It's hard to keep up. Absolutely. Absolutely. Technology yeah, is absolutely required, isn't it? I, I think it helps, right? It definitely helps. There's culture, uh, but technology does help a whole lot. What you're talking about, parts business, the phone rings out the hook, and now it has supply chain problem. If if technology can provide the kind of visibility to the people providing the service, now they're going to be that much more powerful. They're going to answer so much better and also give that predictability. Yeah, it's going to be here in three days. I see it's here. It's right here. Uh, the other thing is what we deal with quite a bit in the service side Um process right so dealership i know you help dealers to build a really really good process and the technology to many degrees can help you help the process flow and help keep everybody in line right so if something is not done they get an alert hey you missed the step <laughs> exactly it's it yeah it's it's exception management isn't it Here's so the well said. Yes. We expect this to happen, but whoop, you missed point C back there. Absolutely. It's exception uh, management. It's also self-correction, right? Uh, 
our people in general, they, they love to do a good job. So if you give that tool to them, they, they already correct it. You really don't need management jumping up and down or do anything. They already done it. This, you know, in the end, they took care of it. Everything's good. Yeah. So it's that's both. efficiency as well. Yeah, it's self-management, isn't it? It, it uh, We have a, a class we called You Make It Matter. It's about mm-hmm. individual people's brands. Who are you? Totally. And it, it, it becomes interesting because one of the questions we pose, you know, the starting point is, what do you do? And everybody can tell us that. The right. next piece is, how do you do it? And most people can tell us that. But what becomes tricky is, why do you do that? And the instant Good answer, question. of course, is money. But that's not the real reason. No. Not at all. Not number one. Not even close. That's correct. And then the other side of it from a technological point of view is that makes people's jobs easier because it gives them access to information at their fingertips. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, people want to do a good job. So if they have the tools to succeed, they can do a good job. And they feel fulfilled. They feel motivated. Yeah, that's that's what we see. Yes. So foresight intelligence is helping dealers with KPIs, the predictability, building trust with the clients through the use of technology as tools for people in process, providing consistency, identifying exceptions where there's gaps or mistakes or items missed. Did I describe that reasonably well? You're summarizing that better than I can do it. <laughs> Smooth talking guy. Now, I think I think that's a nice start for us uh, relative to what foresight intelligence does for the industry. That sets the stage for us, Dale, to start getting into specific nuts and bolts with parts and service and other aspects of the business. Um, I'd, I'd like to wrap this one up right about there and pick up on okay. another side at another podcast, unless there's anything you want to add that I've missed. Uh, the only thing that was on my mind was um, unification of data or um, uh, connectivity of data, right? So I, we see that also as a major trend. Uh, everybody focused on individual systems uh, more than the connectivity Individual systems are advancing by leaps and bounds, no problem. They're going to continue to do that. But I always thought, rightfully so or not, that connectivity is just as important, if not more so. So, yeah, that's that's only other thought I, I always had when we talked to uh, our people in our industry. But other than that, nothing else. And connectivity is a, is, is a beautiful thing. We, we have had major systems back in the 50s with the advent of the of the big computers sold by consulting firms basically going after clerical functions the old the computer is going to replace people bogeyman yeah. and then we went to smaller computers the data generals and digital equipment etc and that spawned people making software but they came with dealer management systems that was the whole company. 
Correct. Today, you have specialized software houses that are taking a piece of the puzzle, inventory management, pricing, um, Salesforce, et cetera, et cetera. Um, what is lovingly called the internet of things to some degree, but we've got all these disparate systems and that's where the connectivity comes in. And that to me is critically important. Absolutely. And a lot of times uh, there are a lot of systems uh, that don't belong to any particular dealer or any entity, right? So you're going to touch systems that belong to so many different people. The manufacturers, the rental houses, you right. know. So if you don't connect them, then their power is limited. Yep. It, 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 the bottleneck becomes people working Excel yeah. <laughs> to death, trying yeah. to figure things out. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's okay. I, I'm sorry I missed that, but thank you. That that I think that covers almost everything tied into our starting point with foresight intelligence uh so let me let me close this one here and say thank you dale and mahalo to everybody who's been listening and i look forward to being with you at a future candid conversation thank you for listening to our podcast we appreciate your support should you have any thoughts or comments please don't hesitate to contact us at www.learningwithoutscars.com The time is now. Mahalo.